coming to you live from BGM Pittsburgh. You're listening to the 3PL Premier League podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Mike. With me is Kev and Josh. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about the 227th Merseyside Derby between Everton and Liverpool. We're going to figure out who had a good week, but who also had a bad one. We're going to give out some awards and, in general, have some fun. But first... What's going on, guys? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Typically, we talk about this one. I was gonna say we didn't talk about Star Wars last week, right? Like we didn't come out yet. What? No, 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 no. You mentioned that uh, you were gonna go see it, but uh, you know, give us give us the uh, the spoiler free reaction. Um, Is it is it go see it, go see it right now, or (laughs) uh, stop what we're doing and go see it? How good is it? I, I would say it's right in the middle there. It it has a slower first half, but then gets going and a fantastic second half. Some Was of the most memorable scenes in a Star Wars movie, uh, I think, ever almost. Uh, memorable wow. scenes. Not, not the whole movie. I'm not saying it's better than the original trilogy, but there's certain aspects of this movie you're just like, holy crap, I've always wanted to see that. So you'd go see it again in theaters? I plan on it, yeah. I'm actually I'm listening to the audio, uh, the novel right now, and it's it's actually pretty good. They have a lot, like they extend a lot of the scenes, um, so that's kind of fun. But then I'm I'm definitely gonna go see it again. Hopefully this week, if it's not too crazy. Nice. So, Kev, did you do anything fun this week? I'm I I can't like putting me on the spot. I can't remember what I did this last week. I'm like freaking <laughs> out. It's like test day, and I just forgot everything. <laughs> Um, Except for the test no, is just I your think, life. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. what did you have for dinner two days ago? I, I don't know. I didn't I study. Know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it was pretty standard. Just getting ready for Christmas. I'm coming back to Pittsburgh uh, for, what, four days, five days? Something like that. I don't so, know. You tell me. You're, you're, you're the one coming back. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's, just, there's things. So I'm, I'm 25 now. And there, as I am continuing to get older, I'm finding out, like, the other adult things that you do in your life that I just never knew about. Like, so, for example, I had to renew my license. And I'm like, I have to pay, like, 63 bucks for that. That's ridiculous. And I just wasn't expecting <laughs> shit like that. So, just just stupid adult things like that this past week. That's what this week has been. This whole adult thing's for the birds. <laughs> Oh, it really is. I mean, there was, I remember there was a period when we first married where it was like, wait, we have have to do what? Like, huh? Yeah. 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 Getting old is terrible. You know what else is terrible? And I'm I'm, I'm coming at this, uh, you know, as a, uh, I don't want to say innocent bystander because that's not the right way to phrase it. But, uh, you know, I I didn't really have a horse in this race, but the Everton-Liverpool game. Sounds um, like you do, Mike. (laughs) It sounds like you do. No, like no, right, no, 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 no. Sounds no, like you're right. So here's the thing. Okay, I was I was watching the game. Um, I was at home. I'm off today, and uh, the game literally ended like three hours ago. So we're we're sort of fresh off, you know, getting reactions, hot takes, lots of hot takes in hot this takes. one. Um, but you know, I was watching the game, and my son walked in uh, after getting back from school, and he's like, "Oh, awesome! Everton versus Liverpool. Who do we want to win?" And I was like, "Uh." And he was like, I think I want Everton to win. I was like, okay, Ah, all right, good good for you. Um, (laughs) I think that my rationale in this game was, from the start, I thought, okay, I I would kind of like to see, I wanted to see a good game regardless, which we can debate whether or not we saw a good game. Um, But I was thinking that 
a little part of me was pulling for Liverpool just from the standpoint of I didn't want Chelsea to continue to gain so much ground on everybody. I want the end of the season race to be tight, and I feel like Liverpool is one of the few teams that can do that. And if they keep dropping points, especially before Mane leaves, then it's going to be more and more difficult, and I think Chelsea's just going to open that gap even more. So I think just from an entertainment standpoint, part of me was pulling for Liverpool just to keep the entertainment going towards the end of the season. But, you know, in a lot of ways, I was sort of viewing Everton as the underdog, so I was really sort of pulling for them. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, there was a heartbreaking goal for Everton uh, in stoppage time. Um, Mane put it away to take Liverpool up one nothing in the eight to ten minutes of stoppage time that there was at the end of that second <laughs> half, which was ridiculous. Planned uh, of eight minutes ended up being ten minutes, but I, I think rightfully so. I have no problem with the overtime because there was a lot of uh, sitting around and waiting for stuff to happen in the second half. So th- the fact that there was so much overtime is legit. All right, so since since I'm sort of uh, you know in the middle here, we'll say as in the middle as you can be, I'm going to ask you guys both a few questions, and you guys need to give me your answers. Josh, obviously, as a toffee. Kevin, as, what, a red? Is that what we call you? I don't even yeah. know. A, liver, uh, a Liverpoolian. A red. Um, yeah. A red. A red. Yeah. Box, yeah. Okay. All right, so let's let's start with this. Uh, Josh, I'll start with you. Mm-hmm. Did Everton deserve to walk away from this game with at least a point? I feel like they did. I feel like they did enough in this game. Well, they almost did enough in this game to, to walk away with a point. That first half was intense on both sides. I, I mean, I was surprised that Everton was able to keep as much possession as they were. Um they just didn't have anything when it came to the final third at all. Like, I never felt like a goal was coming, but I did feel like they were fighting for every single ball. They were in every single, you know, encounter. Like, they were just there, present. Everyone seemed like they were playing their hardest. Lukaku, that's the most heart I've seen Lukaku play with probably mm-hmm. all season. It was awesome because I, I kind of feel like he's been checking out lately. Mm-hmm. So in this game, he did not feel that way at all. Like, he was wanting a goal, and you could tell. Um, so I, the first half, especially they were, they were in it to win it. And I felt good about the game. I didn't feel good about a win. I felt good about a tie. <laughs> like I could see a draw coming. Um, that second half though, and this is kind of what I was worried about was that they wouldn't have enough in the tank to do that same thing in the second half. So they, they dropped off and they were able to absorb the pressure though. So that's why I thought even though they weren't as attack-focused or as dominant on the ball in the second half, they were still there. They were still fighting for the ball, even though they weren't attacking as much. So I thought for sure they were going to get that point. Yeah, I I agree. I thought that the first half, I thought that Everton did a really good job of just disrupting Liverpool's game. And even up until... You know, three quarters of the way through the game, I felt that Liverpool's passes were all very heavy. They were all long balls. They they had disrupted what Liverpool were trying to do, and I was I was impressed in that. Kevin, what do you think? Did Liverpool deserve to get a point, or did Everton deserve to get a point out of this game? Well, and just from the before, Liverpool standpoint, what you just said, as far as like you thought Everton did a good job disrupting Liverpool, I thought they did more than that. I think for the majority of the first half, they were on top, and for the first twenty-five minutes, I was. I was worried. I mean, because Everton were clearly the better side. They were playing better football, and and everything was going their way. Um, let's put it this way: I think if it would have ended as a, a draw, I would have been like, "Yeah, fair enough." If if Liverpool would have scored, which they did, and it ended one 0 I would have been like, 
Yeah, fair enough. I, I could have. I'm somewhere in between where I, I could see both. I mean, neither neither team created loads of chances. Um, I think we did kind of come on to Everton a bit more in the second half and were a bit more dominant. I thought defensively we were extremely strong. Um, but it's not, you know, it wasn't our free-flowing attack. I thought Everton did a really good job to kind of grind out really solid defensive performances. And, and you're right, I mean, they did disrupt us a lot. Um, so, I mean, they deserved like 0.5 points. Let's say that. I, I'm cheating. but <laughs> You're but so generous, Kev. That's, that's I mean, <laughs> if I were to look at it from the other side, if I were to look at it coming from Liverpool's point of view, I do think they had more chances on goal than Everton, not just in a statistics way, but I'm talking about like they looked more dangerous near the goal than Everton did at all. Um, so if it, it was going to happen, it was going to happen for Liverpool, not for Everton. I didn't feel like Everton really had a chance in goal, but I did feel like Liverpool had a couple of really good ones. And uh, I, I do feel like the, the goalie situation played a lot into this. Stuglenberger getting taken out, that, that hurt a lot. Yeah. It hurt him for about six or seven minutes while he was trying to figure out what he was doing on the field. Yeah, that, that was the majority of that extra time in the second half was, yeah. uh, was Stuckenberg just uh, sitting on the ground. Well, and I can't believe he played for as long as he did after he got hurt. He gets hurt. He looks like he's might be okay. And then he just walks a little bit and is like, no, he's not okay. And, and they're just playing like nothing's wrong. I'm like, get the ball yeah. out and get yeah. someone in for him. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, I, go ahead, go Mike. Ahead, Okay, um, just wait. I got this. I got this. I got this. Yeah, you take um, it. You go. Who? I, I forget the backup uh, keeper's name, but actually, I mean, Robles. Firmino has a chance. Yeah. Um, and I forget what minute, but I mean, a really good save, actually. I mean, it was off a corner. Firmino latches onto like a, a volley and through a crowded, you know, field of bodies, and he, and he makes a really solid save down the bottom left. So I, it wasn't like he came and just had a complete stinker, but. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm sure, obviously, you want your first goalkeeper in there. Yeah. Um, all right, next question. Here we go. Kevin, I'll direct, this at you, at, at, I'll direct this at you first. Ross Barkley, bad guy or terrible guy? <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it this way. I, I think, honestly, from an Everton perspective, I'd be, like, so into it. Like, yeah, like, that's what you, like, it's a Derby game. You want to be aggressive. You want to just be a narc. Like, you want to just be a crazy person that i don't want to swear too much on here but um but i mean like so from a liverpool perspective i hated them in this game and the like it felt good i was like yeah like there sh- i should have a villain to hate in a derby game it felt it felt good um you know i mean the the challenge on 68 minutes against henderson is a bad challenge um but, it probably should know, have been a red it, yeah yeah I mean, it's I'm I'm actually shocked that Henderson doesn't have a long-term injury. I mean, that's that's kind of stuff that busts up ligaments. Um, but you know, to to both their credit, uh, you know, they kicked off a bit. But you know, Henderson in the post-match kind of mentioned it was the heat of the thing. You know, it was the heat of the game. It's a derby match. They're good friends off the field. They're fine now. They talked about it, and and it's all good. Um, but I mean, I guess also from an I mean, and Josh can elaborate on this, but I don't I don't know how much Barkley has been from like an intensity standpoint throughout the throughout the entire season, and he was definitely there in this game. I mean, so that's at the very least that's what you want to see out of him, and I thought he he had a pretty decent game in that respect. 
Yeah, if anyone's going to have heart in this game, it's going to be Barkley. I mean, he's yeah. one of the guys that's, you know, stalwart Everton uh, through the academy and everything like that. He is Everton through and through. So, like, you expect Barkley to be the guy who really is going to be the most intense in this game, understand what this derby is, and, you know, has been with it since he's been a kid. Uh, so <laughs> it was not surprising that he's the one that gets, you know, fiery. I, I do think that Yellow was terrible. I mean, even when it happened, I'm like, ugh, that's, you don't want to see it. You just don't want to see them hurt the other player, like, permanently. <laughs> like, and that looked like it could have been a permanent injury. So yeah. it's just like, yeah, that I didn't feel good about that. But everything else besides that, you know, obvious challenge that might have been a red, <laughs> it, it was – it was good from Barkley. I was happy to see what he was doing and how much passion he had. Um, I, I was going to turn yeah. around for you, Josh, and say, Ross Barkley, good guy or fantastic guy? <laughs> <laughs> good up until that moment, and then, you know, that, that, that part made me go, eh, then maybe not, because he really put a risk that we would go a man down, and if we were a man down, we were definitely not going to get the win out of this. You know what I mean? Like, it, there was no chance that we could have sustained that, that pressure with 10 guys. So that's why I was like, you know, you want to be fiery, you want to have passion, but you don't want to do something that's going to get you a red. And that probably should have been a red. Yeah. As as much as I hate him too, I, I he gets bonus points for playing with a ripped jersey because I actually thought that looked kind of cool, especially in a derby game. <laughs> it you was like I mean? two minutes cool. in. It was like yeah. two yeah. minutes in. His number was ripped off the back of his jersey. Yeah. yeah. I was so confused. I didn't see what happened. I was like, why? Why is it okay? All right. Yeah. So I guess, you know, uh, like I said, this is fresh, hot takes. The game just ended. Is there anything else in particular that you guys wanted to call out and talk about about this match? The intensity uh, of the fans. Yeah. That's what I would say. Like, that was from the the get-go. And I, at the end, it got really outlandish and kind of more towards bad than good. But just seeing it, everyone's passion and like how loud that stadium was and the, the commentators are even like, holy crap, this is crazy. <laughs> like, the whole time I, I heard uh, some cursing from some fans behind them yeah <laughs> i don't know if you guys were listening to the commentary but it was pretty hilarious at one point they actually they had apologized. to apologize for... yeah yeah <laughs> like uh sorry there's some you know intense fans behind us right now that are <laughs> so that was great and then unfortunately the throwing and stuff on the field you don't want to see that um after the goal there was a smoke uh bomb thrown onto the field made a cool image though seeing them celebrate the goal and then seeing like the smoke yeah. behind them was like oh, no, that looks cool but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah no i mean the, the intensity was nuts that was, um, it's it's that's good for everyone to, to to play in that kind of atmosphere um i think both but i'm, I'm pretty fascinated about it maybe this is a topic for another time but it is kind of interesting how the rivalry between liverpool and everton have grown over the years where you know in the maybe late 70s, early 80s, even to the mid-80s, it was much more of like a, you know, it, it has the nickname the Friendly Derby. Um, it was a more kind of like mutual respect. We're both from the same city and like, you know, it, it kind of good in that way. And then over the years, it's, it's definitely gotten not so friendly, <laughs> especially from tackles being thrown in on the pitch as well as how the fans get interacted with each other. Um, but regardless, no, the, the atmosphere was fantastic. Um, one, one thing I wanted to mention was, yeah, it, when it was, especially when it was nil-nil on like the 90th minute. And by that point I was kind of expecting, okay, yeah, it's going to end nil-nil. Um, and if you start thinking about it, I mean, it kind of makes sense. I think both teams, excuse me, um, 
are coming off good results, right? So Everton just turned over Arsenal. Liverpool, after going in a bit of a rut with uh, not winning two games they should have won, um, a tie and a loss, and then beating Middlesbrough pretty handedly, I think this was a game, especially given the fact that it was a derby game against your local rivals, neither of team wanted to lose this. And I think that outweighed it more than like they want to win it. Of course both teams want to win it. But almost more importantly, they definitely don't want to lose it. So I wouldn't have been entirely shocked for it to, to see it be nil-nil uh, because I think you know Everton now that kind of maybe kills a bit of momentum that they had once they beat Arsenal if we would have lost then that kills any momentum that a good performance against Middlesbrough puts puts in for us so I, w- I mean yeah it was it was kind of a sucker punch at the end for Mane to get the goal but uh, I, I think both teams would have been happy to come into this game not happy but fine with with getting a draw yeah, but neither team felt like they were playing for the draw, which is kind of yeah. interesting. I, it, it seemed like both teams were, were going for the neck, which is yeah. what you want to see with the Derby game. Like, you don't want to see, you know, rivals coming in, you know, gentlemanly and playing for the draw. Like, it was good to see them both going for the jugular. So, I, I don't know. It, I, I think both teams would have been okay with a draw, but neither one of them wanted a draw. Yeah. It's like kissing your sister. Uh, so... You know, I don't think it is. No, no. <laughs> Back to the future. Come on, Kev. Really? Jeez, you youngin. Yes. Nuh-uh. That's, dude, that's definitely from Mighty Ducks. It It might have also I'm, been in Mighty Ducks. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it well, might have been Mighty Ducks. Back to the future. Well, there was the, there was the scene where he a- actually kissed his mom. And she said something about, like, when I kiss you, it's like kissing my brother. So maybe it was Mighty Ducks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Losing is like kissing. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Anyway, moving on. We're both Unf- wrong, probably. Yeah, we're both. Yeah, whatever. Um, somebody's going to tweet at us, like, you idiots. It was actually, like, Ghostbusters. But no. That's I was true. trying to look it up just now, but I'm not getting anywhere. <laughs> so the last. Getting some weird results. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I should not have been doing this while I was signed into Google. Oh, well, I'm too late now. So the loss, unfortunately, <laughs> drops Everton down to ninth. They are now on 23 points. Uh, they take on Leicester after uh, the Christmas season. They're not really season, just Christmas. It's the day after Christmas. Uh, Liverpool, the win propels them back up into second. Um, they will face Stoke uh, following Christmas as well. They are now six points off of Chelsea as opposed to nine that they were coming into this game. Um so, you know, there were like 20 games that happened since the last time we talked. I feel like, you know, it's been so long since we talked. It's been no longer than since we've normally talked. It's just that there have been so many games that have been going on. So rather than going back and actually recapping all of the games, um, we thought we would do a couple different things. One, we would just do a brief overview of who we thought had a good week, uh, you know, playing two games and who had a bad week over the past you know, two sets of games. And then after that, we're going to do some yearly wrap-up stuff because it dawned on me today that this is going to be our last show before 2017. So this might be a good time just to sort of look back and talk about what's happened in the Premier League thus far um, and uh, do a little bit of predictions and just have some fun with it. So in terms of uh, who had a good week this past week, you know, every team played twice. If you go back through and you watch, you know, I watched a ton of highlights, watched a bunch of the games, I was so close. I I almost penciled it in, but I didn't want to jinx it. I was gonna say that Everton had a really good week after beating Arsenal two to one, and then if they were even yeah. able to get a draw out of Liverpool, I thought you know 
kudos to them. Um, unfortunately, you know, that those four minutes into stoppage time, we had to, I had to change that. And I'm going to go with Liverpool and say that I thought Liverpool had a good week. Just, you know, Kevin, as you said, coming off of not getting two points, um, desperately needing to get points coming into this crazy season, like I said, to keep pace with Chelsea and being able to do it, um, you know, for, first with Middlesbrough, which everyone was expecting, but this game was much more up in the air. And as we said, it, it was not a gimme. Um, there were many points in this game where they – did not look to be at the same level as Everton, and they were still able to pick up points, which is what good teams need to do. So, um, so yeah, that's who I think had a good week. There's a lot of teams that came out with two wins that you could make the argument that they had good weeks as well. Man City got two wins. Tottenham got two wins. Um, even some of the teams lower down the table were able to pick up some points over the, over the week. But um, So that's who I thought had a good week. In terms of a bad week... Uh, yeah, I already alluded to it. Arsenal. Um, you know, I guess it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At midday on December 11th, Arsenal was top team in the league. Uh, seven days later, they're in fourth, nine points behind the leader. Which mathematically, I'm like, how does that work? But it works somehow. On Tuesday, they were up one nothing against Everton, and they lost two to one. And then on Sunday, they were up one nothing against City, and they lost two to one. So, Josh, we didn't really touch on it. I don't know how much of the game you saw uh, against Arsenal, but uh, do you have any thoughts on that game at all, at least you know, from an Evertonian standpoint? It seems like a distant distant past after that <laughs> Liverpool game. Like, I remember being happy. I remember watching it and you know being satisfied, and now I, I couldn't tell you anything other than that I was just happy we won. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so that's just sort of the the overview of uh, good week, bad week. Um, can I we'll... uh, can I toss in my yeah yeah I yeah had a good week yeah. Um, I actually think I, I, you, you mentioned City as your second there. I'm going to go a bit more detailed and say Pep Guardiola because um, I think he's he's been under I think a lot of fire from especially English media but media in general as far as saying like oh, this is, like, this is the Premier League, and it's so different than anything you've ever played in, and you can't, like, you know, Bravo playing, you know, as a sweeper-keeper who likes to pass the ball around, that's not going to work in the Premier League, or John Stones passing, you know, at the back, that's not going to work. And I think he's he's obviously, he statistically, he might be the most successful manager ever. I don't know, but he's certainly up there. He's He knows what he's doing, and I think... He's been under such fire after City's kind of bad run of form in mid to late fall, and, and to get two wins, um, one you know two nil over over Watford, and then to to come back and beat Arsenal, a good team. I mean, I know that they they're not really in the greatest run right now, especially after the the Everton result, but it's they're they're still a very good team, and and to come back and from behind and win two one. You know, it kind of vindicates, I think, Pep Guardiola a bit. And so, yeah, I think he'll be quite happy after this week. I mean, well, it's, it's weird with, with Pep. Uh, what I, I don't know. I feel like when he wins, it's expected. When he loses, it's travesty. You know what I mean? Like, it, everyone yeah, totally. has something to say about when he loses. And I don't know if these two wins are enough to get that, you know, that Pep isn't as great as he makes himself out to be blah 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 kind of hearsay type stuff going around because when you lose 4-2 against Leicester and <laughs> you know 3-1 to against Chelsea those are pretty big losses compared to winning 
two to one against Arsenal. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I, yeah, so I feel no, like that's point. why I, yeah. I was actually going to say City as well, and I was thinking about it. And I was like, I don't know because th- those losses were bigger than those wins. I feel. Yeah, that's fair. Point. <laughs> no, that's that's a really good point. No, and and yeah, kept to your point about you know Pep falling under a lot of criticism. There have been people that have speculated that he isn't he isn't really familiarizing himself with the opponents as well as he may need to in terms of the Leicester game where they lost four to two like it was it was textbook Leicester and they just played right into their hands and it's something where there there's this air about him like you said Kev where it's like well I'm gonna do this differently and I'm gonna do this differently you just watch because it's gonna work and there's this lack of understanding about um, you know how the Premier League is set up and and how it's played and and it's much more physical and um, Kev, I think it was you that shared an article from the New York Times where they sort of broke down Pep and said, look, you know, it's difficult because we want to like this guy, but at the same time he's coming in and trying to say that, you know, traditionally how soccer is played, how football is played in the Premier League, he's saying it's all wrong and he's trying to change it. And like to its core, that physicality and 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 the blue collarness that goes into it, he's he's becoming almost the enemy of that. And yeah. and as long as it doesn't work, then that gives everybody in the media something to rally behind and say, ha, 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 this is us and it's beating you, as opposed to, you know, trying to, to cheer him on and introduce new ideas into the league. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, that, so, that, was by, that was by an article by Rory Smith. He's a, he's a really good writer. I think he's like that head writer for the New York Times soccer division. Um, <laughs> shout out to Rory, even though I know... You know <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's do this. Let's uh, let's have some fun and talk about just some stuff that really doesn't matter very much, but we're just going to talk about it anyway. Let's do some yearly wrap-up stuff. Um, and the first one we will start off with is our MVP so far. And the difficult thing about MVP um, is it's open to interpretation. Is it the most valuable player in the league? As in, like, if you were starting a team right now, this is the one player you would want. Or is it this is the the most valuable player to his individual team, and without that player, the team would be nowhere. And and the the difficulty with that is that there are so many teams out there that if you look at them, there are clear cut MVPs that without them, their team would be much worse off. I mean, Swansea. If you have somebody like Sigurdsson, um, which Swansea is still doing terrible, but you take away Sigurdsson, they're going to be doing even worse. Or you look at Again, you know, bottom of the table, Sunderland and Jermaine Defoe. Like, without Jermaine Defoe, who's scoring what feels like 95% of their goals, they'd be absolutely nothing. Um, Or, you know, Snodgrass at Hull. So I think rather than going that route and going through and trying to name, like, the top player in every team, let's just try to pick the one player throughout the league that you just feel has been the most valuable thus far with the mindset of if you were starting a team, this is the guy that you may want to focus on. Um, and Kev, that may screw up your pick, but I'm going to throw to you first anyway and see what <laughs> okay, you're sure, going to say. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I can still make a decent argument for it. I mean, so yeah, I've, I've a, a bit off the beaten path with this one, but if you look Ngolo Conte from Chelsea, so Leicester have their amazing season last season. They win the title and I think a lot of people, outside of the obvious Vardy and Mares, everyone continually praised Conte in the middle of the pitch. 
he really kind of kept things ticking over. Not only he was a great shield for the defense, but he was always he was winning the ball back and kind of pushing the ball pretty quickly. Um, he goes to Chelsea. Chelsea, what finished like ninth last season or something like that? Their squad doesn't change that much. I mean, what they get De- David Luiz in, they get um, Marcus Alonso in, but really the core of it is still you know your. Courtois, Espilicueta, Hazard, and um, Costa. And Conte comes in. He's sitting right in front of that back three of, of Chelsea, and they're just untouchable right now. And so I, I, <laughs> wherever he goes, they just they, they win like crazy. And I, and I think to, to have a player like him in your – to have your entire, like, centered – to have your team centered around, and, and it would allow your – technical players to be technical and and your playmakers to be playmakers I, I i think he's just he's a very good player that i think often gets forgotten about in, in discussions like these and so i mean if i was yeah if i was like fantasy league picking my team from the ground up and i was a manager yeah i could i mean the obvious choices might be your goal scorers but i i'm i'm a fan of conte josh how about you um, I mean, it seems like an obvious pick, but Costa. Um, first off, he is probably having one of the best seasons of his life. He, I think last year I was looking up, he had 12 goals total. Um, he's already at 13, and season's not even halfway through. A uh, year before that, he had 20. He's going to, unless something were to happen to him, I, I don't see him not surpassing that. Um, out of 17 games so far, I think it's 17 games? Yeah, sounds yeah. right. Uh, he's only... He scored in all of them but five, so can't really argue with that. And then just the fact that he's just that consistent. I feel like that's the key. I feel like a lot of the other players, they have streaks. Conte doesn't seem to have a streak, like a, you know ups and downs, peaks and valleys. He just is a constant. You can kind of rely on him for one goal a game pretty much. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think for me it comes down to either Costa or Sanchez. Um, you know, like you said, Costa was involved. He's been involved in 18 of Chelsea's 35 goals this season. So he scored 13 of them, got five assists. I think mm-hmm. Sanchez, part of me is leaning just a little bit more towards Sanchez because we've overlooked Arsenal pretty much all season. Um, and, uh, you know, now they're hitting this slump and we can all go, ha I told you so. But really, I don't know if that's fair, but it seems like when Arsenal are ticking, it's because Sanchez is pulling the strings. He's dropping deeper. He's getting the ball. He's getting into the play more. Um, Ozil seems to be a little bit, I don't want to say a shadow of himself. He has those moments of brilliance, but they're just moments. Whereas the only real consistent crux on that team is Sanchez. And I know at the beginning of this season, I said that I thought that Ozil was their best player. But, um, you know, Sanchez has showed a lot so far this season to me and and so i i guess i would lean more towards sanchez i'm impressed that just like how built he is too i mean he's not only he's fast he's technical but he looks hard to get the ball off of i mean he's he's a big guy he's a big dude yeah so so let's do this we've we've each gone out and said who our mvp is thus far do we think that those people will finish as the mvp of the season as things go on and if not who will so, Kev, you said Conte would be the MVP. Is is the MVP for you thus far? Do you foresee, regardless of what, you know, 
the general public would say, regardless okay, of what vo- yeah. voters were going to say. Right. In your mind, do you still think that Angola Conte ends the season as an, as an MVP in your mind? I mean, yes, with two caveats. I think, A, if, if Chelsea win the league... I mean, if Chelsea kind of go off, the, you know, go off the path and just end up fourth or something like that, then obviously something happens there, and, and their team isn't playing that well. Um, but a, if Chelsea like win the league or even come second, and b, as long as Costa doesn't even like get on an even better goal scoring return than he is now, like if he, if he continues this, and maybe gets one more goal sprinkled throughout that process. I mean, it's going to be hard to overlook him because he is just on crazy form right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, especially because I think Conte, not only sharing the same last name as their manager, but I think he kind of he embodies the entire way of how Conte wants to play as far as being solid at the back, but as soon as you get that opportunity to spring and counter, you do that, and I think Con- that is Conte. Um, so I think if, if there's anyone that kind of, embodies the way that that Chelsea wants to play it's him and if if Chelsea play well you know or if if Chelsea end the season well I'm I'm gonna very much bet that Conte had a great season because of it so I mean it probably not but <laughs> but sure <laughs> you just put out like this great argument and then you followed up with it probably was it not great? okay sure I don't I don't know how it sounds in my head when I talk about this stuff he built this house of cards, then he just knocked it down That's himself. Right, yeah. like, eh. <laughs> Walked away. Game over. Josh, what do you think? Do you think Costa ends the season as MVP? I can see it definitely happening. I mean, there's the fact that it is kind of like this slow and steady wins the race type feel with Costa. He's not he's not getting three goals a game. He's usually getting like one goal a game, and it's but it's consistently every single game. So because of that, that that is a recipe I think for long term success as far as what you know the Premier League. You don't. You don't see him just doing like really good in a couple games and then kind of falling back down. So the fact that he's so consistent it bodes well for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, the way the the pace that Chelsea's on, it they don't show any signs of slowing down. We'll see what happens, but I think that if they end up winning the league, it's going to be hard for people not to pick somebody like Costa um, or even Azard. Um, but I think that if if Costa is but, but even, is so as you made involved, a good point earlier, Mike, of saying like forget what other people say, like as far as what you think, because <laughs> you're right. I mean, if it, it, it like if they continue on Costa, blah, 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 yeah, that's going to be obvious. And it, and it's like I don't want to say like you know people pick that way for a reason. I mean, obviously Costa is in crazy form, but do, do you think that that's still... So I think, uh, you know, as we sit here right now, there's some crazy stat out there, and I, I don't have the exact numbers offhand, but it's something like four out of the five last seasons, the team that was leading at the Christmas break ended up winning. So if that continues and Chelsea end up winning, which I think they have a good shot of doing, then I would be hard-pressed not to pick Costa as the MVP in my mind, because I, I see him being integral to all of that. I think, you know, if he's, well, we're going to see, he's going to be out for yellow card accumulation here for their next game. But um, if he can stay on the field and he stays as integral to all of their offense, the way that he has been, I mean, the, the number of sprints that he's putting in the passion that he's putting in, I'd be hard stretched to, to pick somebody else out right now, barring some craziness that's could and probably will happen here in the league so uh so yeah 
Um, so the next category, uh, if, if that's what we're calling these, is the biggest disappointment so far. And uh, I'll go ahead and start us off on this one. And I'm just going to say that uh, Manchester as a town has been a massive disappointment <laughs> for me. Because coming into this, like I've said this a zillion times, I've, I knew very little about the Premier League. But looking at Manchester United, knows, knowing that they got Jose Mourinho as their coach, and they were going to splash a ton of cash. They had Pogba and Zlatan coming in. And then on the flip side, you have City. We already talked about Pep. You know, the, the expectations of both of these teams just being these massive powerhouses that were going to end up at the top of the table, just smashing heads against each other. It was going to be El Clasico all over again, and they're in the same city. This is going to be amazing. And then we get here, and we talked about... Pep has his faults. He's not finding his way as smoothly through the Premier League as we thought. Mourinho, you know, United are starting to find their form a little bit. Um, you know, they've had a good week as well, but they definitely have been not world beaters up to this point. Um, very far from world beaters to this point. So I was expecting a lot more out of the, you know, the city of Manchester as a whole. So for me, that's probably my biggest disappointment at this point in the season. Um, Josh, do you want to want to go ahead and go next? Good call. I mean, if I say Everton, does it make me sound bitter? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean... uh, okay, so the reason I say Everton is because of the the promise that. Kuman brought and the way they looked at the beginning of the season. I know they had weaker opponents at the beginning of the season, but the fact that they looked like they were on form, it looked like uh, Kuman was the type of manager that you know could make the right decisions and the tough decisions and and just play the game better as far as uh, manager goes um, than what we've had in the past with uh, Martinez. But they it hasn't borne out. You know what I mean? Like it, it hasn't kind of come to fruition that it is a better season all around for Everton. Uh, hopefully the transfer window goes well, but uh, so far that's that's kind of been my big disappointment, obviously as a Toffee and you know, all that kind of stuff. Kind of a little bit close to home there as far as what I feel like is disappointing this season. Do you feel optimistic at all about the transfer window? I, I don't know. I mean, right now there's no rumblings about anything, so it's, it's hard to tell. Uh, I, I feel like it's obvious what they need and they should – be going after it but the winter transfer window is not known for being all that exciting and all that fruitful for teams so i wouldn't be surprised if it isn't that great of a transfer window but i'm hoping they they make some moves josh i'm, I'm genuinely not trying to be smart here i'm just naive as far as everton as a squad right now what you said like you, you think it's obvious what they need to go after what what is it for like isn't there a striker alongside lukaku or I, I feel like it's it's the very front and the very back. You need another striker yeah. and you need a a starter goalie, because uh, right now I don't feel like the keeper we have is you know what you would traditionally call a starter, <laughs> uh, right. especially for Everton. And then I feel like you need someone else up there with Lukaku because he can't be the only thing up there, only guy up there, you know, making plays. Yeah. He, too too often he has his back to goal, and we're expecting him to do something. Yeah. Kev, uh, what's your biggest disappointment so far? I mean, I would say United, but I'm not disappointed per se. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it is probably United, but in the in the kind of same vein of thought, I'm almost kind of gonna say Arsenal because I feel like 
this was the year where I thought like, yeah, they'll break the mold and they'll stop being Arsenal. Cause like th this is Arsenal. They just, they, they play well enough to get top four and that's it. They're, they never really ch challenge for, for a title. And, you know, I think with, with all the kind of hush talk around, um, uh, Arsene Wenger potentially leaving, you know, making a big push for, for the title. They definitely have the squad there. They have their talisman attacker in Sanchez. They brought Mustafi in to kind of... I mean, it, I think Mustafi alongside Koscielny are a really good center-back pairing. Um, they really looked like they could do something. And, and honestly, yeah, I mean, like, Mike, you were talking about before of... It's like seven days ago when they were, like, quote-unquote top of the league. I genuinely thought they could have stayed there, especially with, with City struggling, United not being the force that they were. Obviously, Chelsea are going on a crazy run, but eventually Chelsea will stop winning. And if you can hang around them long enough and be there when they hit that rut, then then who knows what can happen. So, But now after these two losses back-to-back, -back, I mean, it doesn't look great for them. And who knows? They could, they could still turn it around, but I, I think that was... I, I was expecting Arsenal to not be Arsenal this year, and, and that's what is a disappointment to me, is they're, they're still Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. Do you really feel like, though, that losing get to Man City is kind of like something to really be hanging your head about? If you're Ars if you're an Arsenal fan, right? I mean, I think in the way that it happened, maybe. I mean, the fact that they go a goal up and looked good for it as well. Um, I, I think they were they were on top of City in the first half, um, or at least I, I, City probably still had the, the larger portion of possession. But every time Arsenal broke, they looked dangerous. And yeah, I mean, they've been playing pretty solidly at the back so far this season. So to, to kind of let that happen. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. City are a great team, great players, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, they they don't have Aguero right now. They don't they don't have Fernandinho right now, and all that kind of stuff. If if there, if there ever was a time to play City, it would probably be around now when they're. I I would say probably That's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, De Bruyne is amazing, but as far as importance is concerned, especially maybe from Pep's mind, Fernandinho is huge for them, and Aguero obviously is maybe only matched right now by Costa as far as attacking talent. But, I mean, yeah, I, I totally see your point. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I have here, who will be the biggest surprise in 2017? And and I'll lead us off here. This isn't really a surprise. It was just, for me, as I started to think about it, it was a different way of thinking about it, and I put down Swansea. And I don't think that Swansea is going to actually make a run at anything. Um, if anything, they're just going to be making a run to try to stay out of the bottom and get relegated. But I think that the battle for the top, right now it feels like it's really tight. Like It feels like there are six-ish teams that could make a push at least for the top four. You know, there's probably two or three that could really make a legitimate push for the number one spot. But I feel like if Chelsea just keep doing what they're doing, not that it's going to be decided early, but you're going to get that impression that it's going to be like, okay, this is this is Chelsea's league to lose. So you can look elsewhere to see where there's going to be action. And I feel like Swansea are going to be flirting with the relegation line all for the rest of the season. And so I think that that to me is going to be the surprise team that it's like, Oh, I want to, I want to pay attention to what Swansea's doing because of the emotional connection with Bob Bradley. Um, it's going to be that sort of secondary battle that we're all going to be watching very closely as we get further into the season. And it's like, okay, Chelsea's got this locked up. Everybody else, we're all just playing for position. Now let's shift focus. Do you to think something they get really matters and it's going to be Swansea. What do you think they get relegated though? If I, if I, 
force you to answer a yes or no question. Do you think they get relegated right now? There's a good shot. I mean, a lot of it hinges <laughs> on, um, you know, how much the American owners are serious about trying to do something in the transfer window. Right. But, I mean, they just got stomped 3 nothing again this weekend. So it's... It's not looking great. Bob Bradley was handed, you know, a rough card coming in and just saying, hey, save this team that is not great in the first place. And, um, you know, not being able to bring in his players, not bringing able – I mean, he's he's trying to implement his ideas. We just talked about this with the Riverhounds this past season and the difficulties of trying to come in midseason and fix the problems without an offseason to, to work through them. So do I think that Swansea get relegated? I'd say there's probably a 60% chance in my mind that that happens, which is going to make that battle all the more interesting. Right. I mean, I think it's just tough when you look at the, the the other teams around them. I mean, I think Hall, Swansea, and Sutherland are probably like the bookies' picks for who gets relegated this season. And if you look above them, I mean, yeah, Crystal Palace are right there, and they're not having a good season, but it just goes against all logic. I mean, it seems like they have too many good players to, to go down. Um, Burnley seems to be just kind of doing the right things to make sure they don't get relegated. You you would expect Leicester to have a big second part of the season, and then so I mean it's just it's going to be tough to see who gets dragged down there. I, I think you're right as far as Swansea probably have enough fight in them to maybe get them to the top of the relegation zone. But then once you get to the top, you need to be able to drag someone down in, and, and I don't know who gets dragged down in. I think that's that's their biggest challenge right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, Josh, what do you think is going to be the biggest surprise in 2017? Uh, I would say Southampton. Uh, they're they're kind of you know not too many people talk about Southampton, but it, they looking at their fixtures coming up and just seeing where how they've been doing, and I feel like they could make a, a deeper run than people give them credit for. Uh, it's it's you never really talk about them and think oh yeah they're gonna be like top six or something like that it's usually below that so this season though they they're looking good and they could actually do it which is kind of uh surprising because i don't know how they're doing it <laughs> yeah yeah they're a scary team that I, I think a lot of a lot of uh the top six teams um really don't look forward to playing because yeah. um i think they do a sneaky good job of playing shutdown defense and then hitting on the counter when need be, and uh, yeah, we I mean we've we've seen it already this season where they can shake things up and and knock some teams off their horses. So, Kev, what about you? I mean, I said my biggest disappointment was United. I think my biggest surprise is probably going to be United as well. Honestly, I, I'm I'm very much expecting them to to put a run together um, in late January, February and become the team that we all expect them to be. Um, I don't know if that gets them close enough to, to finishing top four. I certainly don't think they're going to put in any kind of title to, uh, title challenge. Um, but as, yeah, as much as it pains me to say, I, 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 could, see, I could see Pogba really... I mean, you've seen Pogba slowly start to hit some form. Ibrahimovic is kind of back with, with two goals this past season, uh, this past game. Um, you know, their young players are only going to get more comfortable on that side all the players are only going to get more comfortable with Mourinho's tactics. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we could see United putting a good push together, see maybe 
teams like Tottenham start to fall away um, a bit, but uh, but we'll see. Fair enough. Hmm. Um, and then the last, well, I guess there's two more. So most thankful for, and I said this could be a player, a team in the Premier League, it could be anything. Uh, I'll start this off, and I don't want this to sound like we're just beating up on United, but I'm going to say Josie Mourinho. Um, and the reason why I'm thankful for him, you know, is this harkens all the way back to his days at Real Madrid, where, uh, you know, I used to watch a lot of Barcelona when Pep was there. And someone at one point said that in order to have a great hero, you have to have a great villain. And so I think in a lot of ways, Pep was sort of made out to be this this beacon of, you know, pure football pure soccer like we play it the right way we develop our talent at one point there was a game there was a classico where i think 10 of the pl- 10 of the starting players all came through their academy um and it was like a big deal and then on the flip that's side nice. you had real, yeah. real madrid <laughs> that's just like splashing money i'm gonna buy whoever i want and you have Mourinho like marching up and down the sidelines so coming into this season i already had this preconceived notion of like i don't want to like this guy and so the fact that he's come in uh, at United, which is a team that <laughs> a few years ago, when when I uh, there's a guy that I work with, I said, hey, you know, I'm thinking about supporting a um, a Premier League team. You know, do you have any recommendations? You know, who do you think? And he's a avid uh, United follower supporter, and he said, well, I, I support United, but honestly, if I hadn't done it like years ago, I would not do it now. Do not support United. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> okay, all right, great. So the fact that, that you have Mourinho as sort of this this big bad in my mind, and he's at United made for this you know big bad team, and the fact that they've struggled so much so far this season, I'm thankful for that. Um, the fact that he's... The fact that United aren't in the top four right now, I think, has allowed me to enjoy the battle in that top four to six so much more because I don't have that biasy that, you know, I hate this guy, so whoever they're playing, I want them to lose. Um, but, Kev, to your point, I don't see them staying out much longer. Um, they're slowly picking up points, and I can see them working their way into it. But thus far, you know, right now they're uh, sitting on 30 points. They're only four points out of fourth place, six points out of third. So it's I feel like it's going to happen. I know I said earlier that I could see them dropping to 10th, but they've rounded the corner a bit. Um, but in the meantime, I'm, you know, in a weird, twisted way, I'm most thankful for Josie Mourinho and the fact that he's at Man U this season. Um, Josh, how about you? Uh, Bobby Bradley. Uh, let's just, I don't know, something about having him there and seeing him back in a league that I watch, I love. Uh, he's, when I started watching soccer, really, more so than just, like, casually, it was when Bob Bradley was the coach of the U.S. team. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, like, I've always liked him, and he was my introduction to national soccer so then seeing him leave and then kind of like not really watching anything he's doing after he left and then finally having the chance to watch him again and just i'm thankful that he's back in a spotlight that i pay attention to because <laughs> i know he's been coaching this whole time but not in the league i, I watch uh, and just managers in general i mean that's kind of this year has been the dub you know the the year of the managers and he's part of that mix and part of that kind of intrigue with and like you were saying, Mourinho and, and Pep and all that kind of stuff. That just, it's been fun this season. Yeah. Even Klopp, I guess. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. 
my 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 wife walked into the room today uh, after uh, Liverpool scored. And she was like, what is that guy doing when Klopp was, like, celebrating? She was like, yep. is he having a seizure? Is he okay? And I was like, no, 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 that's what he does. It's all right. Kevin <laughs> loves it. Don't don't worry. The fact that his glasses are still on his head are a miracle. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kev, what are, what are you most thankful for so far? I mean, you know, yeah, it's my... The my obvious answer is Klopp. I mean, I was going to say you're going to say Klopp. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, he's he's like oddly giving me more pleasure than like the Liverpool team has. I mean, just his reactions, the way he kind of he yells at the players, the way he hugs them after his interviews, his the way he interacts with the fans, what he's done for the Liverpool support as far as getting us all on the right page again is it's been immense. I mean, he he's. I've I've gone through a lot of managers while I've been a Liverpool fan, and he's by far the greatest one that I've ever seen us have. Um, and I mean, in in the same breath, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, how how he celebrates goals and all that kind of stuff. If I don't want to be my my typical answer of Klopp, I mean, Conte from Chelsea, the same thing. I mean, Conte and Klopp, the way they are on the touchline. I mean, it, that's like, that's us. If we were the managers of our favorite team, that would be us. Like, as far as how we would just be excited, we'd be all over the place, we'd be jumping up and down, celebrating with the fans, all that kind of stuff. And so I think it's just, it's it's kind of, it's refreshing to see that. I'm, I'm not saying I want to see every manager do that, um, because it's it's obvious that both Conte and Klopp, that's who they are. I mean, they can't be anyone else. That, that's who they are. And so that's that's refreshing to see in that sense. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. From a Liverpool uh, standpoint, Klopp is, Klopp is Klopp is everything. Klopp is life. Klopp is... <laughs> Klopp's life. Klopp is Klopp. I gotta say, I was a little bit disappointed I was watching the Spurs game this weekend, and uh, when they came back to tie it, Pochettino was sitting on the bench, like, didn't even bat an eye. Now, he was furious because the team did not play well to that point, but even when they scored, right. he, like, there was no, nothing, no expression. <laughs> like, yeah, now get out there and do it again. You guys have been slacking like crazy. It just... Yeah, and part of me just thought of, you know, Conte ripping his jacket yeah. off and just throwing <laughs> right. it into the stands and then, you know, running around the stadium naked or whatever he would do. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Last, uh, yeah, last one here. So if you had one wish for 2017, could be anything related to the Premier League, what would it be? Josh, we'll start with you. I touched on it a little bit uh, earlier. It would just be a fantastic winter transfer window for Everton. I mean, it's it's what is needed sorely <laughs> for Everton. So I'm just hoping they make the moves they need to. That would, that would be my one wish. Kev, how about you? My first, I'll keep this short. First real answer is a Liverpool title, obviously. Se- uh, the second more <laughs> enjoyable answer is I would love, love, love to see Leicester get super far in the Champions League because I think that would just be wonderful for not only their fans but the club and all that kind of stuff. I'm I'm not expecting them to do a big surge in the Premier League as such, but I mean they've played very well in the Champions League. They have an experienced manager um, to to kind of guide them through it, and I would I would like love to see them like draw. Well, because like I think there there have been a couple big teams that have got a finished second in their group. So, so Leicester could Leicester finishing top of their group could be matched up against a huge team in the first knockout stage. I would love them to see them like draw, like Bayern Munich or something, and just like beat the crap out of them. I, I mean, that would be so. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see the Leicester fairy tale kind of continue one last time. 
Um, I, I I think it could happen too. I think it could happen. Yeah. yeah. I guess that my thing, you know, again alluded to this a little bit. I would like to see Chelsea drop a few points early in 2017, so <laughs> that it makes too. the race for the top more compelling. <laughs> not because I want to see Liverpool win it. Um, that's not it at all. But just to make that race more compelling um, and and make you know those top six, seven, eight teams all feel like there's something worth fighting for besides Champions League um, and all of that. So. So that's, you know, sort of our wrap up in terms of what we wish, what we what we're thankful for, you know, make sure you let us know what you wish and what you thankful for over on Twitter and all of that. Uh, typically we talk about fantasy. I'm a little bit too dejected to talk about fantasy right now unless you guys want to talk about it after I the one time Kevin has something to, to brag about. about. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one time Kevin has anything to brag about with fantasy, you're like, "Eh, let's just skip fantasy this this week." <laughs> yeah, so Midweek. So, if you go back to the last show, I went on a you know like a twenty minute uh, strategy session about how I was going to beat Kevin. Uh, it turned out that we drew, like it was like sixty seven to sixty seven, which I ended up eating Sucks four to points suck, to right? get myself there. <laughs> but the the nice thing was that um, in eating those four points, had I not done that, I would have ended up losing, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But the player that I yeah, brought in got yeah. me more, so. Yeah, so I drew with Kevin, and then I ended up losing to our league average this week by three points. So it's just, it's not been, it's not been my year, man. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm the and Crystal Palace of off, our league. Yeah, it's just. And to top it off, so Kevin draws with Mike, and then it turns out I get Kevin the next week, and I lose to Kevin by three points. <laughs> so he yeah. he draws you, and then he beats me. Uh, it's been a good week. And it's been a good yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. So did Kevin you even set week. your lineup, Kev? Did you even set your lineup? I'm not gonna reveal my secrets. Why would I do that? <laughs> the secret is no, he didn't. He just kept the same lineup from yeah, the week before. Yeah. Josh and I are sitting that here like stressing, lineup, guys. like beautiful mind style, like drawing up stuff on a whiteboard, trying to figure out how to get these players in. And Kevin's like, "Oh, I forgot. I guess. Oh, oh, look, I still beat you by three points. <laughs> Stumble into a win. Yeah. Uh, it didn't help that we both had Costa as our our captain. So it's just like that negates most of my points yeah. as far as what I usually, you know, capitalize on." Um, this week, though, going into next one, as far as setting up our teams, I'm screwed. I uh, yeah, <laughs> I have no too. forwards left, but like Callan Wilson, that's my only <laughs> forward that's not on a re- or that's not sitting the bench next week. Yeah, because uh, I have Aguero and then I have Costa. You got to You got to get rid of my two Aguero, big ones. Man. You gotta. You gotta. I can't. He's almost back. I mean, there's only like what one more week of games before he's back. Yeah, yeah. he comes back for the Liverpool game. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's fine. I've only been sitting on thirteen mil for three weeks with no return on investment. That's all. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I need to take a good hard look at my team here over the next week and figure out what's going on. At some point, that that second wild card is just going to present itself, and so I keep thinking like the wild card's coming. I'm going to make all these changes, but like I think about, it, I'm like, no, I'm not. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. Like what am I going to do? Who am I going to bring in? I don't know. I have a good team if they would just, you know, stop getting red cards, yeah. yellow cards. That'd be great. If I just get like two or three more points every week, I'd be fine. But no, it's yeah, it's not meant to be. It's the glory of this league. 
<laughs> I was saying, Shut up, Kevin, Kevin. Do you have any strategy or any tips or anything <laughs> as uh, the person who came out on hey, I'm top playing, this week? I have to play like a four-five-one this week because yeah, Josh, I'm in the same boat as you. Costa's <laughs> out, and I think Ben Teke is either injured or has he has like a terrible matchup or something. Um, so yeah, yeah, I got who do I have leading my line? I forget. You tell um, me. But, You're uh, like looking into space like we know, and we can just pluck it out of the air for you. <laughs> <sighs> the, the sad part is mine is literally Callan Wilson. <laughs> he, He's pretty solid. I like him. Uh, he, I guess he got two points. He played the full 90 the week before, and then he got one point the two games before that. So not that solid. Yeah. All right, I think that about does it for our uh, last show of the year, um, which all, right. all at all, woohoo! So um, about sixty minutes. Thanks. Look at us. That's yeah, nice. I, yeah, and we only talked about one game. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> but anyway, thanks everybody for listening. You know, thanks to both Kev and Josh for uh, joining me to ramble here about the Premier League. We will be taking a short break next week, but we will be back on January 1st to ring in the new year in style. I think I need to confirm that with you guys that you're available on January 1st. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, Surprise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at 3PLPod. Email us at 3PL at BGN.FM. For more great, beautiful game podcasts, head over to the Beautiful Game Network at BGN.FM. Everyone, please have a safe and happy holidays. Enjoy the season. And as always, we will talk to you very very soon. Cheers. Later. This is the 3PL Premier League podcast, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find more great football, soccer, beautiful game podcasts at bgn.fm.